This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hello everyone, welcome to Tian Tehillim. This class Kof Membez, Para Kof Membez is sponsored by an anonymous woman who is looking for a shirach for herself. She's a really special woman. May the merit of all of our learning of all of us women worldwide be a schus for her to find her most amazing husband, Bekarov, and to build her most beautiful future. Thank you so much to this woman for sponsoring this class, for making all of this learning possible. And anybody who's interested in sponsoring a class can go to my website, yalbertram.com, and reach out to me. May this be a huge, huge merit for her. Parakuf Membez, chapter 142, is going to teach us some unbelievable lessons about tefillah that we may never have considered. We're going to add nuances to our tefillah that may never have been there. And, you know, whether or not you consider yourself a big davener, at the end of the day, we've all had those moments in our life where we had nowhere to turn but our sitter. And when we did turn to our sitter, our feelings were assuaged in such a major way. I think we'd be hard-pressed to find another better way of dealing with our emotions than tefillah. There's nothing like connecting with the infinite source of all blessings to make us feel better. Now, so in this parak, David HaMelech is in a dire situation. He's in a cave with a couple of men. And Shaul HaMelech, his father-in-law, who's been trying to hunt him down, is outside the cave with his army of 3,000 armed soldiers. And David comes into the cave actually by himself for a private matter. I mean, Shaul comes into the cave for a private matter by himself, and David has the opportunity to kill him. And he really had every right to kill him, right? We, we might think he should have killed him because Shaul was trying to kill him. And his soldiers wanted him to kill Shaul, but David said, no, I'm not a killer. I don't want to kill the anointed one of God. He's the king now, right? I'm not going to kill, kill another person. My father-in-law, he didn't want to kill him. So he just took off a little piece of the edge of his cloak. And this way he could have evidence later. And then later he showed him, he said, you see, I could have killed you. I was right with you. You were all alone, but I didn't because I have no hard feelings towards you. I'm not evil. I have no negative plots against you. See, stop this insanity. Stop trying to come kill me. So... This was what he did, and now he's in the cave, and Shaul left the cave, and he's in there, and he's terrified for his life, because he didn't kill him, and now he's just kind of stuck there in the cave, and he can't go out, because Shaul's there with all those men. And so here from the cave, we are hearing, even though David is in so much turmoil and fear and distress, he's able to compose such a beautiful tefillah that has in it elements that we're all meant to be learning from. He's able to compose a tefillah that is a lesson for the ages. That's an example of an effective tefillah that we should all be learning from. So let's see here what he says. Parakof Membez, Pasuk Aleph, Maskila David, Biosovam Aras Fila. So he's in the Ma'ara, in the cave, he's davening, and he has a maskil, he has a lesson, a profound lesson that he wants to give over to all of us. A profound lesson that he himself learned in that cave. And what's the lesson that he learned in the cave? He learned that there are times in every person's life where they can no longer come on to those things that normally give them security. Their wealth, their status, their friends, their family, their physical strength, their wisdom, all of it is to no avail at certain points in a person's life. And at that point, a person 
has only to open up their sitter and to pray to God, to talk to Hashem for, and ask Him for help. And we all have to pay attention to this maskil, this important spiritual lesson that David is giving us here. We all go through things sometimes where we're like, okay, now what, right? Like my brain is a fuzz. I have this cloud. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in a maze. This child needs help. This marriage, you know, is suffering. This financial situation is taking us down. We all have those tkufas where something or other is getting to us and we don't know and we, we feel that feeling of like you're just sitting there and trying to come up with answers and, and nothing's coming and nothing's being clear and that that's the time that let that moment let that feeling of stuckness like David was stuck in this cave let that feeling of stuck in the cave be an alarm clock to you a loud alarm clock to remind you to just stop worrying stop trying stop doing and just open up a sitter and just daven mencha, right? Just turn to Hashem and stop all of your hashtadlas and remember who's really in charge. Pasuk Beis, Koli el Hashem ezak, Koli el Hashem eschanan. So it sounds repetitive here. My voice is crying out to Hashem. My voice is calling out to Hashem. What's, right? What's going on? So actually the Ashach explains there's two different ways of talking about him crying out to Hashem here. One is ezak, za'aka, and one is eschanan, atchina. What's the difference? Za'aka is a cry that has no words. It comes from a place of just feeling emotionally dysregulated. I have no presence of mind. I'm just in so much pain. I'm just going to cry and scream. And a eschanan, atchina, is a, is an eloquently formatted tefillah. It's a supplication that has words. And so David is saying here, I can't, I, I can't really put words together at this very moment. So I'm just going to call and scream out to you. But please, Hashem, hear that cry as if it had words. Hear it as if it was an eloquent trina instead of a za'aka. And like we spoke about last week, you know, sometimes in our life, we're going through something really difficult. We just need to get into that car. I gave you a tool. Get into the car and scream. That was my tool. I know. Tia Tillam is getting fancier by the week, right? We have fa- we have more uh, sophisticated tools every single week here. Uh, but really, that was that was a real tool that I gave you. Just just get into the car and scream. Um, and that's sometimes what needs to be done. And in those moments, we shouldn't worry if we have no presence of mind to put down to put a tefillah together. Here, David is telling us, don't worry, Hashem is going to weave the words together as if they were there, even though you can't really express them at that moment. Pasuk Gimel, I converse, sichi, I have a sicha, a conversation with you. I'm constantly pouring out my conversations with you. And then I can come and give you over my tzara, and then I could really talk to you about my pain. So what is this saying? It's saying that in the time of tzara, it's so important to have a strong connection with Hashem. We have to maintain a constant sicha. We have to maintain a constant conversation with Him. Please give me this, thank you for that, on a regular basis about mundane things. So that when it comes time for the tzara, tzarasi lefanav agid, then I could t- tell you about my tzara from a place of trust, from a place of being aligned with your the possibilities of all the miracles that could happen to me, and that could be a more effective tefillah. Just to give you an example of this, a couple of years ago, I was going through a very difficult tzkufa, in my life, something very challenging, and I was going into a three-day antif. Everyone knows that when you go into a three-day antif with a worry on your mind, ay, right? It's not easy. Um, so I was going in, and I'm cooking for yantif, and I'm thinking, like, I'm trying to tap in to Hashem's 
infinite capabilities. And I'm saying, Hashem, you know, I really wish there's a certain person that went through the same thing that I'm going through now a while ago. She went through it a while ago. And I wish I could talk to her over Yantif somehow. I don't even know where she lives. Like, I haven't spoken to her in a year, maybe. Like, But, like, I just wish I could talk to her this Yantif. Um, yeah, you know, it would just be so nice. And I was just saying that to Hashem, and then I forgot about it. Anyways, that night, went out for the meal, came home, it was very late, got settled down, and there's a knock at the door. Okay, true story, my friends. I open the door, there she is. She's standing there, nine months pregnant, her husband has a double stroller and a doona, he's standing on the sidewalk with all the kids, they're exhausted, they're half sleeping. She's standing there at my door. And like for the first minute, I couldn't even talk, I, like... My mouth was just like dropped. She's like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Like, I had to explain to her, like, no, you don't get it, right? Like, this is like, this is like a crazy miracle that's going on here. Anyway, she came in, we schmoozed for a couple of minutes, and just th- those few minutes gave me a lot of chizuk. But what, what gave me more chizuk than what she actually said to me was the fact that she arrived at my door, obviously. And this is what I'm trying to say here. When you have a connection with Hashem, when you have that sicha, when you talk to Him all the time and you see His miracles and you're noticing what's going on and you're thanking Him and when you have that shprach with Him, that when the tzara happens, you're able to handle it so much better. You're able to approach Him about your real major tzara in such a better way that will really bring in better things. And this experience that I had from being having that connection with Hashem and talking to him before Yantif, this experience that I had really enabled me to glide through the rest of my Nisayon as if I had like anesthesia. Like I, I, it was so much easier to deal with the, the Nisayon because of this unbelievable experience. So that's what I think David is saying here. Talk to him all the time. Then when you have a real tzara, you'll you'll be able to approach him from a whole different place. Pasuk Dalet, Besatef Alai Ruchi. So David's expressing now his... His spirit is falling. He's saying, my spirit is fainting. I'm doubled over in fear. I'm terrified. And this is the first, the first thing I want to teach you today. The first principle that I want to discuss with you on what you could add to your tefillah to make it more effective. Tefillah, as we know, the word lehispalel is a reflexive verb. Like lehislabesh means to dress myself. So tefillah is about davening for myself. What about tefillah is for ourselves? It's the act of davening that fills us up with trust and a sense of calm and contentment that brings in the Yeshua's that we're seeking. And so that's exactly, those are the pointers. I'm going to give you four different ideas in this class. Each one is there for yourself. And the first one is express your feelings to Hashem, just like you would talk to a friend about how you feel and that would make you feel better. Kalvachomer, if you could express your feelings to the Melech Malchim, how amazing, how, how, how much relief you're going to feel from being able to do that. So like we, last year, last week I gave you a tip to use metaphors, right? You could say, I'm choking from this, uh, from this financial strain or, uh, you know, I'm so stuck in, in a rut. Like talk to him about how you feel Describe your feelings. Ataya data nasivasi. You know my path. So David is really saying here, Hashem, you know that my intentions are only good. I'm not out to get Shaul. He wants to kill me. He thinks I'm bad and I'm plotting against him. You know that my intentions are only to connect with you, Hashem, and to do the right thing. 
On this path that I walk, this constant trap set out for me. Orach, when, it, when we talk about an orach, it's talking about a path that leads upward. Like in Mishle, it says, The path of the smart one is to go up. So orach is an upward path. So he's saying, Hashem, you know my intentions are good. I'm always on an upward path of growth. And yet... Tamnu Fakhli, everywhere I go, there's a, there's a trap set out for me. So he's really like complaining, not just describing his feelings, but going a step further and even complaining about how unfair all of this seems to him, that he just tries to do the right thing, and yet he seems to be uh, constantly in danger. He's saying, I'm looking at my right, the right side, that's right, that's where I'm supposed to have help from. No one's at my right. Ainly Makir, nobody gets me, right? Sometimes we're in a, in a situation where we have a lot of people around us, but nobody hops, nobody's recognizing what we're going through. That's why I wanted that specific lady to come over that, you know, that Yantif, and she did. Um, so he's saying, no one gets me. Avad manos many. There's nowhere I could run to, nowhere I could flee to. Ain dorish lanafshi. This Farno says this means that nobody, he's saying nobody's even davening for me. Nobody even, even cares about me. Sometimes we can't do anything for someone else, but we could offer a brief tefillah on their behalf, right? We could say, Hashem, please help them. Nobody even cares to daven for me, he's saying. So this is the second, the second principle I want to teach you about tefillah that you could add to your tefillah is describing, right? Hashem knows. He's saying, Hashem knows what he deals with, his path that he's on, all the troubles that he's going through. And however, and yet, he's still describing his predicament to Hashem. He's still explaining, look what I'm going through. There's no one there for me. Nobody cares about me. There's nowhere for me to run. And so this is another tip I wanted to offer you. Describe your feelings. Also describe what's going on, even though Hashem knows already. Just talking about What's happening is therapeutic for you. So, for example, a person's trying so hard to find a shidduch for their child, right? Tell Hashem, I called so many shadchanim and nobody's responding. Nobody gets back to me. And when my daughter finally has a date, it's a one and out situation. And then she's already pressuring me for the next one. And I can't handle this anymore, right? Explain to him the situation and the predicament. Pasuk I scream out to you. You are my protector. You are my chilek in this world of the living. So what does this mean? It means that for many people, their chilek in this world, they view their portion of the world as their property, their house, their family, their their possessions, right? But David is saying, Hashem, I'm a man of God. My chilek in this world is you. You are my chilek here. And he's really being malami tzchus on himself here. He's saying, I'm so connected with you. You know, I only have good intentions. So as part of his expressing his feelings, he's also complaining. He's saying, this is not fair. Why is this happening to me? And this is a really important lesson for all of us because so many times we think we have to make nice, nice, right? We have to say, I know I shouldn't be doing this for my benefit. And No, why are you doing this to me? I did everything right. I tried to do everything right. Do I deserve this? Haven't I been through enough, right? Sometimes we just need to be able to say that. Why can't we just say that sometimes? We can and we should. And David is showing that to us here, right? I exercise. I try so hard to eat healthy. I, 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 yesterday I even had, there was a donut in front of me and I didn't eat it and I still can't fit into my skirt today, right? Explain exactly.
exactly what is going on. What is the unfairness that I'm perceiving behind all this? Hashem knows that you don't have all the answers like he does. You don't see the whole situation. And it's okay to express your feelings in this way. And it, you're supposed to. Really, just get it all out in an honest and authentic way. Here he's saying, Hashem, save me from my enemies. So he's asking for what he wants. He's not saying, don't let me die here in the cave. He's saying, save me from my enemies. And David, David's in the positive. He asks Hashem, please take me to where I do want to get to. And that's the third principle that I want to bring up. Asking for what I do want. Let's go back to the weight analogy. Instead of saying, let me not gain weight over Yantiv, help me feel empowered to make the right choices. Help me feel energized and alive and have, help me have an easy time exercising and feeling good. Talk about what you do want instead of what you don't want. Because like we said, tefillah is for us. And when we want something, we can't get stuck in the negatives of what we didn't have until now. If we want to change our reality, we have to take that seed out of the ground and plant a new seed. If you want a new plant, you got to plant a new seed. So instead of continuing to talk about the stuck state that you're in, you got to pivot. You got to move to just ask yourself, where do I yes want to go to? And I have this a lot with clients that come in there. The vocabulary that they have in their head is only about all the negative that they've been dealing with until now, which is understandable. But my job is to say, wait a second, where do you yes want to go? Where, where, what's your new goal? Because if we plug that into your GPS system, then you're going to be way more likely to get there. So in our davening, which like we said is for ourselves, we should start this process of plugging in to our GPS where we do want to go. Pasuk ches. He's saying, get me out of this prison, out of this cave, because then I'm going to die. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you. And because of what you do to me, because of the fact that you're going to repay me for all the good that I do and save me with this huge miracle, the tzaddikim will use this experience. They'll use this hashkacha prata story, this massive nace, as like a glorious crown on their heads. It'll be like a validation for everything that they always believed in, right? It's like we walk around and say Hashkacha Prata stories with pride and excitement, right? It's something that we, we love because it validates everything that we believe in coming true right before our eyes. So that's how these tzaddikim are going to walk around with golden crowns on their heads. Like this is not a hefker velt. Hashem is watching over each and every one of us and we have proof because look what happened with David HaMelech. And so this is the fourth principle. I want to bring out a fourth principle from here, which is, and you know, this is classic David, right? He gets all his feelings out. He says how he feels. He says what's going on. He asks for what he wants. And then he connects to the future. And then he's already in his mind thinking about the salvation that he's going to have. And this is what we also need to do. Talk about all of your feelings. Talk about what's going on. Ask for what you want. And then remind yourself, this is a temporary experience. Those two words, temporary experience get me through things in a totally different way i'm able to get out of my rut and you know open up to new possibilities that might come to me at any given point a big portion of the suffering that we go through is the mistaken belief that this new reality is my reality forever our brain tricks us and it tells us oh you don't you have health issues now that's what's going to be that's how you're going to be forever you're bored right now your whole life is going to be one big boring ick 
right? We, we get stuck in that. So we have to remind ourselves actively, this is a temporary experience. Life has many chapters. Life has many tkufas. Hashem has many amazing miracles to bring me. I have incredible power to change the course of my life at any given second with my thoughts, with my speech, with my actions. And amazing things are on the way. So stop and just, you know, in your tefillah and try to connect yourself with the possibilities that are ahead. Connect yourself with the gratitude that you're going to feel when things solve them, you know, get work, work themselves out when Hashem brings you that Yeshua. Okay, so we learned these four beautiful ideas of how to make our tefillos even more impactful, even more effective. And of course, I want to bring you an acronym here because these are so important. In that moment when you're standing there in Shema Kuleinu, I want you to have a, a way to remember, like how? So, okay, right now, I need a quick way to remember. How do I enhance my tefillah? How do I make it more effective? How do I build myself into a better person as a result of my tefillah? And so my acronym is easy to remember. It's the word PRAY, P-R-A-Y. And let me just plug it in with what we learned. The P stands for predicament. Predicament means describe. Avad manos mimeni, ain do reish right? There's nowhere for me to run. Nobody cares about me. Describe what's going on, even though Hashem already knows. But still, describe the happenings that are taking place. R is reaction. Describe your emotional reaction to the situation. Bisatefa ruchi, saying my whole spirit is collapsing. A, access salvation. Okay, this is when we go into the future and we say, I know that things are, good things are on the way. I know Hashem could do anything. I'm going to access my gratitude for that already now and remind myself that this is a temporary experience. And Y is yes. Ask for what you yes want. Okay, the last two are kind of like a little out of order, but it just worked like that for the word pray. Um, I had told you before, first ask for, you know, David shows us, first ask for what you want and then access the salvation. Uh, I don't know. It, I don't know if it makes that much of a difference, but this is how it fit into the acronym. So ask for what you do, yes, want. Make sure you focus on where you want to get to and Davin, for the most part, try to Davin in that way. Okay, so thank you all for listening. I hope that all of our tefillos will be majorly enhanced by this acronym, by this class, by the ideas that David teaches us here. I'm loving working with some of you privately and Baruch Hashem seeing your lives drastically improve. And as many of you know, my passion project now is to help single women draw in their ideal husbands. And as I'm working with more and more women, I'm seeing so many women who really, they're earnestly trying so sincerely to do everything right, and yet they're kind of standing in their own way, and they're blocked by subconscious blockages that are actually pushing away the husbands that they're longing for. And it really frustrates me so deeply to see women who are in pain, who are depressed, who are feeling alone, who are feeling stuck, who are feeling desperate, and simply because they're lacking the knowledge of where they need to position themselves and where they need to be in order to join what they want. And I want to offer you that formula. I want to offer you, empower you, and educate you with the tools that you need to know. And it's simple and it's easy, but we need to educate all of the single women out there in what they need to know to get what they want. And my project is is to educate and empower women in general to reinvent their lives and attract what they want in all areas, in every area of life. So every week I offer 
30 minute free sessions. I have a certain amount, a limited amount that I offer each week. Please go to my website if you're interested, yalbertram.com and reach out to me on the contact page over there. I look forward to connecting with you and to helping you get the results that you've been waiting for. Thank you all so much for listening.